0: Lord, say amen. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Thessalonians. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? 1 Thessalonians. And we'll be in the first chapter and the second chapter, but mainly in the first chapter. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Lord God, thank you tonight. for Calvary. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Help us, Lord, in these days that we have gathered together. Touch me tonight, Lord. Make make preaching what you meant for it to be. And I'll love you for it in Jesus' name. And all the Lord's people say it. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And verse number four. Well, let's begin in verse two to get the sense of the scripture. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love, And patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In the sight of God and our Father. Knowing, underline that. Knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. They were so saved that Paul had assurance of their salvation. Oh, y'all got to talk to me now. They were so saved that other people knew they were saved. That's what he said down there in verse uh, number 8. Well, let's read all of it. Verse 6, of course, the end of verse 5. You know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Wow. All knew they were saved. Everybody in Macedonia and Achaia that were saved, they knew they were saved. Boy, you're good and saved when everybody else knows you're saved. Y'all got to talk to me. And verse eight, further amplifies it. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord. All right, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. Wow. You know that you're really saved when everybody around everywhere knows you're saved. And the preacher ain't got to tell them that you're saved. That's what he said at the end of verse 8. We need not speak anything. I'm wondering how saved are you tonight? Now, if you're saved, you're saved. But I wonder if you got the kind of salvation that other people have assurance of. Thank the Lord. God's put it in the pastor. This meeting's about truth. Well, how about this for a title? The true gospel. The true gospel about a true salvation? Now we always hear, go back and look at verse 4. Knowing he knew they were saved. Uh Everybody always talking about, you know, you need to know that you're saved. How about you're so good and saved, everybody else knows you're saved. We're going to run our salvation through the Bible microscope tonight and look at it and see if, See, if you got this kind of salvation. I'm still reading the text. I'm in chapter 2 now. Verse 1. For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. He said, y'all know what happened. And he just got done saying, everybody else knows what happened. (laughs) Verse 2. But even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. Mm. I'm in verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because, now here he goes again, talking about when they got saved. When you received the word of God which you heard of us, You received it not as the word of men, but as as it is in truth. Oh, y'all got to help me. This is a true gospel. This is a true salvation. As it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Mm. Knowing. Your election of God. The so Lord help me. I want to preach a little while on when others have assurance of your salvation. <laughs> it must be the real deal when other people have assurance of your salvation. Now I'm glad I've got assurance of my salvation, but boy, that's a good dose of it when everybody else also has assurance. <laughs> uh, so, if the Lord will help me, I want to talk about it for a little while. Number one, well, let me run an introduction by you. Let me run an introduction by you. Three things, real quickly, and I'll tell you one thing it'll help you have a true salvation if it's the true gospel that's preached to you. So real quickly, number one, the real, there are three things by way of introduction. The real gospel comes with much conviction. Chapter one, verse five. Please look at it. For our gospel came not to you in word only. Oh, I'm scared of this, this little old watered down liberal red light religion, easy believism, Hollywood evangelism, quick prayerism, some of these crusades that are Billy Graham-like. I probably shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> Tens of thousands make a quick profession. And there ain't no change in the churches. Ain't no change in the community. No change in anybody's lives. I believe I've seen the word effectual in chapter 2 verse 13. I'm sure some people did get saved. But I'm going to tell you something since I done ventured out there a tad bit. If Elijah walked in there to the Pope or the President, they'd have tried to cut his head off. Wouldn't have come out best friends. Well, you're just looking at me. If John the Baptist, when he walked into the king, they did chop his head off. They didn't come out best friends. Elijah, somebody done not talked about it, went down there to them false prophets Something wrong when a preacher's popular with this world. None of God's preachers are popular in this world. Paul got his head chopped off. Some of you got your little popular social media preachers. You wouldn't listen to your pastor for 10 minutes, but you listen to them, all them social media pastors. I'd go on Facebook if it had a dislike button, I'd wear it out. Help me now! I'm talking about in word only. Is that what it said? I'm in chapter one, verse five. For our gospel came not unto you in word only. These liberal Southern Baptists, dried up, independent Baptists, confused Pentecostals, y'all ain't helping me. Run a quick little fifteen second a little shallow death, burial, and resurrection, and then a holler at a real preacher and say, you need to quit dealing with all that. Just preach Christ. Y'all ain't helping me. There might be some young preachers in here. We'll plow it for a minute. Just preach Christ. Had a little smart aleck social media mama's boy. Come after me a week ago. Said, Oh, just preach Christ and Him crucified. I talked back to him. Where do you find that? Where is that scripture exactly? He didn't know. Had to show him it's in First Corinthians. Y'all ever read First Corinthians? Where he said, Paul said, I know nothing among you save Christ and Him crucified and then dealt with every specific sin in the church that he'd heard about. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. Turns out the scripture where it said, I know nothing but Christ among you and him crucified involves dealing with specific sins. Y'all ain't helping me. That gospel came unto you, if it came in word only, it might be why nobody else got assurance of your salvation. Might be why you ain't got no assurance of your salvation. Because it's supposed to Are y'all still looking at verse 5? That real gospel, it comes with power, Holy Ghost, and much assurance. Conviction. That real gospel is not just word only. I'm sorry, all your contemporary gatherings where the hundreds stand around the altar in a charismatic-like swaying spirit. Y'all ain't helping me. A little charismatic sway. If you don't like this, blame it on Brother Crowder. He brought me to Morristown 27 years ago. All his friends are my friends, and all his enemies are my enemies. Ain't that? A, you didn't tell me you had so many enemies when you drugged me in this thing. Help me now. <laughs> Woo! Huh? Honey, if your gospel didn't come with much conviction, power, Holy Ghost, much assurance, it wasn't a real gospel. Number two, if it didn't come with much contention. Look in chapter two, verse two. Does the end of that say we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel? Does it say with much contention? That's what it says, Brother Richard. Yeah, much contention. Oh my. Well, you can go get you a little limp-wristed, curly-headed, white teeth, necklace-wearing, little effeminate mega-church pastor. Go ahead and get you one. He wouldn't tend for nothing. Jude said, we've got to earnestly contend for the faith. You and I ain't living in the book of Acts where you run around with apostles. We're living in the book of Jude where you run around with apostates. Y'all ain't helping me this little slick-tongued politician, social media, little bunch of pretty boys, they got a gospel with no contention. Larry King had Joe Lowstein in a corner and he wouldn't talk about hell and he wouldn't say Jesus was the only way. Since I done brought it up and done stirred up the hornet's nest, Robert Schuler had the feller I talked about a while ago yeah. and he ended up saying Muslims, Catholics, Hindus, and Christians were all going to the same place eventually. That's what Graham said. Honey, I got news for you. The real gospel comes with much contention going to be a contest it's going to be a wrestling match you're going to contend with doctrines you're going to contend with devils you're going to contend with dangers that real gospel comes with much contention or it ain't the real gospel y'all ain't helping me and then chapter 2 verse 9 verse 8 It comes with much commitment. Paul said, "So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail. Honey, I wish you could just deliver it like a package here. It's yours. See you in heaven." That gospel come when somebody's got to be willing to lay their life down, walk down in the valley of death to bring forth a birth. If somebody gave you the gospel and didn't give you their life, it probably wasn't the real gospel. Not just the gospel only, but also our own soul. Honey, if it wasn't a preacher that done gave God everything and then gives you everything, you probably wasn't around a real church. You probably wasn't around a real God. Y'all ain't helping me. I got Bible to back me up tonight. Talk to me now. I'm talking about this easy believism that's floating through our generation. I'm going to tell you how you can have a salvation that other people got assurance of. It probably came with much conviction. Scratch, probably, I know it did. It came with much contention. And it came with great commitment. There ain't no other way. It ain't going to be a fly by night, Mr. Popularity. Some of y'all getting sucked into these large easy believism crusades going on around us. Y'all ain't helping me. Ain't no conviction, ain't no contention. Fellow that ain't willing to give you his soul, but willing to take your money. Y'all ain't helping me. Well, here's how you can know. Here's evidences right in the scriptures. Right in the scriptures how you can have the kind of salvation that other people have assurance of. (laughs) I like my little thought, to be honest with you. I'm fixing to sign my own Bible right next there. I've already signed yours, brother. You wasn't looking and I signed. I thought you might. And you too, brother. I signed yours. I knew you'd want me to, so I went ahead. (laughs) All right, you ready to outline the scriptures? Here they come. Number one. Number one, got six things in the following verses. We're going to preach the word. How's that? That topical preaching comes off the top of your head. There ain't ain't many heads got enough in there to even, Amen. we don't like what's at the bottom of your head, much less the top. A lot of topical preaching in these hills. You better have done fill that heart up and that head up if you're going to preach off the top of your head, you better have a slam full of the Bible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't trust my head yet. I'm going to stay with the Bible. Number one, underline. how do you have the kind of salvation that other people have assurance in? Well, number one, underline it in verse four. There's something in that title. Knowing, here it comes. There's something in that title. I'm going to give you a tease tonight. We're going to cross our T's. Brethren, beloved. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! You know how people can know you're saved? When you're one of the brethren. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're beloved. Yeah. There's something in that title. Ha yeah. <laughs> You know what I wrote in my notes when I studied this? Brethren! That means people who've chosen to live together. We stay in church together. Beloved! That ain't just living together. Beloved! As opposed to that loving together. You all know how folks can know you're saved? If you're always over there with the brethren. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. There's a little flock of sheep that popped up at the bottom of my hill. There's a rich man owned several farms across America and he bought out an old farm. I live right below Chattanooga out in the country, 12 miles outside of Ringgold. There's a wealthy man that bought a farm. He bought several hundred, maybe a thousand acres. I don't know. He bought a... It goes for three miles and he got hired hands. Me and my boy have been watching them. They redid all the fences, redid all the barns, redid all the soil and the ground. They brought some bulls in there and got some cattle and, and they put something at the bottom of my hill, a little red barn, Brother Tim. has been beautiful for about six months now. A flock of sheep. Oh, Brother Crider, Brother Turbofield. Old shepherd's heart's been beating hard in me. Every morning when I go to Hardee's to bring Jennifer a jelly biscuit back, come on now. I can tell you where the brownie points are, boys. It's in the butter biscuits. It's hard as yes. I bring her a Diet Coke and a butter biscuit. It's going to be a good day. I bring her two mornings in a row. It's going to be a good week. If I can get three Hardees to her in a week, it'll be a good month. You women make us work hard. I go down there and I've been watching them sheep. I ain't got time to tell you everything I've been seeing that we'd be here at midnight. Uh Notice one thing. They're always together. This morning I went and got some hardies. Four, son, at five forty-five, come back a little bit later. And the shepherd, they gather up at the door and wait on the shepherd to open the door. Hallelujah. There's a little gate. There, and they wait on the shepherd. Hallelujah. They stick together. Oh, I come by there this morning, and they're always together. And they, they—I don't know how many acres spread out there. And me and the kid, we always try to find them. Where are they at now? Today, they were all in the shade at the creek and they were all bunched in. I ain't never seen them scattered. They're always together. Y'all ain't hearing me. Yeah. Yeah. How many years, some of us, brother? he yeah, Brother Crider, Me and Brother Larry, we, you know what we've been for nearly 30 years? Together. Woo! <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you've gotten together with the flock they're always together there's something in that title you know if somebody ain't in church probably cuz they ain't in the church i know folks get sideways and get tore up they probably ain't never been saved i threw the word probably in there there's exceptions But the biblical mathematics is overwhelmingly the odds are against you. If you ain't in church, probably because you ain't in the church. My sheep hear my voice. They know me. They follow me. Another they will not follow. And honey, if one of them goes astray, he'll get them shortly. If you ain't in this, it's probably because this ain't in you. Y'all ain't helping me. Y'all need to quit making excuses for all your lost relatives. Y'all need to quit making excuses for all your lost relatives. Quit lying at these funerals. You're going to send the next generation to hell trying to act like Uncle Bobby and Aunt Susie was saved. They didn't love the Bible. They didn't love the body of Christ. They didn't love the man of God. reading the reason they wasn't in because they wasn't in. Brethren, yeah. they live together. Right. And then that uh-huh. beloved, they love together. Yeah. <laughs> right. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. Yeah. If you have love, Amen. one word or another. there's something in that title. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Number two, I'm going to tell you how other people can have assurance of your salvation. Something in that title. Let's move on here. Number two is in verse five. There are certain, not only a gospel title, but there are gospel traits. See verse five? Our gospel came not in the word only, but here's here's some traits of the gospel. in Power. In the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance. And there's some more gospel traits in verse three your work of faith, your labor of love, your patience of hope. Yeah, there's something in those traits. <laughs> Honey, if you ain't never had the power of God, you probably ain't been born again. If you ain't never had an experience with the Holy Ghost, you ain't been born again. If you ain't got that much assurance, you didn't get what we got. There are gospel traits. Thank God for old time conviction. There might be a little progression. That power hits you first. Puts you under conviction. That Holy Ghost hits you next. Brought salvation. That much assurance came thirdly. There's probably a progression there. Power. You remember when the power got? My daddy the son of a drunk man, a bad man, and my daddy was becoming that same man. 1966, he had been discharged honorably from the army, drinking and blaspheming, full of hatred and full of hell, because of the way his daddy had raised him. And he is heading down Highway 41, just below Chattanooga, in 1966, doing 85 mile an hour in a 62 Chevrolet Impala when the power of God hit him (laughs) God pulled him over he slid off the side of the road on purpose and sat there and trembling the Holy Ghost sat down in the front seat with him (laughs) same power hit Paul knocked him off his donkey Y'all remember when that power came by where you were? Brother Crowder testified about it. That power! Daddy trembled from Thursday to Sunday. Couldn't open a letter. Couldn't drink coffee. Only thing that night, he knew to promise God, if you'll let me... He didn't know Jesus would save him. I won't take time to tell the story, but my daddy had a concept of heaven in his mind. People who had shoes when they was growing up and had their daddy when they was growing up. They all went to heaven because they're good people. But people that didn't have shoes and didn't have a daddy grew up on the wrong side of the track. They were already living in hell and he thought they were all going to hell. He didn't know the gospel. <laughs> but the power of God hit him that night. He couldn't open a letter and drink coffee from Thursday to Sunday. Sitting there that night on the side of Highway 41, the only religious thing he knew to say he told the Lord, If you'll let me live the Sunday, I'll go to church with Mama. Whew. That power pulled him over, and that Holy Ghost got a hold of him. Sitting back here on that corner, and the old preacher. Come here, kids. Get all the children up here. I want you to sing to the soldier boy. Just come back from Germany. Y'all know what they sang. They sang the old Sunday school song. Jesus loves me. This yes, I know. That Holy Ghost. Daddy said it like a hot spear Run. through. The old preacher preached a short sermon and gave a very specific Altar call. It went like this. Junior! <laughs> Get out here and let God save you. <laughs> Daddy tried, but he couldn't. He took one step out in the aisle and collapsed under such power Holy Ghost. An old deacon and a young man, his best friend, come down to where he was. His best friend got saved while he was overseas. And when he came back from overseas, his best friend was going to church and was tithing, and it was the tithing that put him under conviction. Anybody go to church, but people who give their money are serious. Yeah. By the way, I'd like to say to y'all, anybody can go to church, but yeah. yeah. people that obey God with their money, they're pretty serious. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. They drug him to the altar. Yeah. Daddy said he got saved for a while. <laughs> and I know the moment he came when the Lord saved him But he said when he stood up and turned around he thought that whole community he felt inferior and insecure his whole life, thought they laughed at him his whole life he said when he turned around they wasn't mocking the drunkard son he said it was just like when a baby gets born baby comes out of the womb and who's there? the family and friends and they're going oh look Whoa! Oh, let's hold it Oh that's wonderful Daddy said he stood there like a newborn babe In the family of God Cooed and hugged And congratulated each other And cried and shouted Help me now Oh there's gospel traits Yeah if they're not there You probably ain't got what these folk have Number three Not just the gospel title And the gospel traits But look in verse six And ye became what? Followers. Huh. That's interesting. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord. Huh. And one more thing. Go down to chapter 2, verse 14. For ye, brethren, after you receive that word of truth in verse 13, which effectually worketh in you, what is chapter 2, verse 14? For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God three things you'll follow by the way for your next tea I'm going to tell you how you know that you got it other people can have assurance of your salvation because of the gospel trails the gospel trail you took off on you ain't a going where you used to go you ain't a walking where you used to go you don't have the same dreams and ambitions. Your life's not going in the same direction. Honey, when you get saved, you become followers. And we ain't got to make nothing up here. There's three things. He said followers of us, followers of the Lord, and followers of the churches.
1: That's what he that, said,
0: Brother Webb. Some of them's getting nervous already. you are doing good. There's three things you'll follow, according to First Thessalonians, You'll follow God's preacher. You'll follow your preacher. He comes in order before the Lord. Boy, you looked at me strange then. Some of you too spiritual for this kind of talk. I don't follow man. I follow God. You don't do neither one. Your attitude done told on you. What do you think that preacher's are doing? He's the one bringing you to the Lord. Oh, they're a little quiet right now. Paul said, I need some of you Bible readers to finish this quote for me. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Oh boy, that went over like a lead balloon right here. Oh, I know we're up in the hills. Y'all been doing this 300 years and you're more spiritual than any preacher in any church around. You ain't got two ounces of submission in your rebellious soul. We don't follow preachers. No, you don't follow any other authority. You're the only authority in your life. Seems like my Bible said there are those that have the watch carried over you. There's those have the oversight of you. Y'all ain't helping me. Y'all ain't helping me. Well, I'm not a man follower. You ain't a nobody follower. I'm sorry I got Bible and you ain't. Yeah. Paul said, you follow me as I follow Christ. How do you think you get to the Lord? He's a preacher somewhere that's been sent in your life. Yeah. Ooh, it's, this is too scriptural for this super spiritual bunch up in the hills. Yeah. It's a little too scriptural. So you're more spiritual than the Bible. I'm sorry I can't help you. I've kept my pastors, I've collected them. I got a collection. It ain't pocket knives, it ain't old cars. It ain't golf clubs, I got a collection of preachers. I can tell you everyone the Lord ever sent in my life to lead me and guide me down the paths of righteousness, I've kept all of them. Yeah. Do you submit to your pastor? Yep, all twelve or fifteen of them. Yeah. Yeah. They're just looking at me. Ye yeah. became followers of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I ain't following no preacher. Well, you ain't biblical. Yeah. You ain't scriptural, and you're quiet. kept all mine when I was a little boy it was my daddy it was my grandpa it was old Dr. Ron Garris my daddy's evangelist I had about three of them when I was a little boy I got big as I got older God put more men in my life y'all ain't helping me I've kept them all You want some names? Clay McNeese, Randy Bell, Roy Gentry, Wayne Coldfield, Mike Bagwell, Dana Williams, Joe Parsons, Ron Garrett. How did I rattle them off so quick? Because they're deep in my heart. Because there are men of God that God sent to me and said, Come here, we'll go a little further. There are Moses that can only take you so far. And then there are Joshua's that take you on over. Y'all ain't helping me. (laughs) I'm sorry I'm reading the Bible to you. You became followers of us. And of the Lord Jesus. And then thirdly, you became followers of the churches. You stuck with the church. You stayed in the church. You've been in the the right churches. The Lord led you throughout your life, throughout your saved life, and you're still in the church. became followers of the churches. What about that? Didn't follow the charismatic movement, didn't follow the contemporary movement, didn't follow the Catholic movement, didn't follow some cult. Y'all help me now. This is how you can know you're in the real thing. if that trail you're on. Them gospel trails. Well, that may go down as the most unpopular point so far. (laughs) Number four. Not just that gospel trail. Here's how people can know you're saved. Verse seven. So that you were in samples to all that believe. Huh. In samples. Modern version, change that to X samples. I'm sorry, an X is not the same as an N-S. NIV, RSV, and your little contemporary ESV. Yeah, yeah. I guess in samples is too many consonants. Yeah. Yeah. Pull it out and make your examples. I'm sorry. An example is different than an in sample. An in sample is something you can take in and taste it. An example is something you can see. An in sample is something you can taste. I'm going to tell you. Hey, you can know if you got the kind of salvation that other people sure you're saved is that gospel taste. <laughs> I've tasted the Lord and He's gracious. Oh, I like that sweet taste, that heavenly taste. <laughs> Woo wee! Brother Richard, I guess most of us were on top of that mountain in Sneedville How many years ago? Y'all laid hands on Dwayne Moore to get a wife, and he did. You laid hands on me and Jennifer to have a baby, and we had three. I'm glad y'all didn't pray longer than you did. We'd have cut that prayer off just in time. We'd have, If y'all had prayed a much longer, we'd have had seven or eight of them. In there. I got there late, parked in the little church on top of the mountain. They were singing. Had them two little old women that kept. The, doors open all them years I believe y'all put in a toilet just for us you knew some of us boys wasn't raised in the old generation in (laughs) a (laughs) house snakes and waspers no thank you sears and rollback no thank you they put a toilet in for us brother Richard did that's what's wrong with brother Don and Brother Noah, they they (laughs) went. Too many snakes and waspers. I never will forget, as one of the most holy and heavenly meetings in my life. Old big boy preaching that. Not unto us, O Lord, Psalm 115. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. That little music box was signing out and I stood there for a while. Got in there that night, there was a raw glory. We got a sweet taste. <laughs> I like going to Sam's Club on Saturdays. They have samples. <laughs> I just make circles. <laughs> yeah, this is worth paying for the card to get in here. And they go back around. They're like, sir, this is your third time. you going to buy something? I'm still sampling, man. You don't want to put it out here. I didn't ask you to put it out. You don't want to put it out here and said it's free. You said it's free. Y'all said it was free. Yeah! I'm sampling. Ain't nothing like sampling the Lord. People ought to have a taste of me and you in their spiritual mouth, and come when they leave me and you. They ought to have sampled Christ. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. Spurgeon said, "Oh God, cleanse my vessel!" Yeah. Until when people come and drink from my well and drink from this cup, that there's no taste of me, and it all tastes of Him. In the samples. I can tell you how people can know you're saved. It's when you've got that gospel taste. <laughs> you've got that fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. I missed one. Long suffering. Hmm. They ought to get a good taste. That gospel taste. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell a story. It's crude. It's rough. That was uh, who? Jim Elliot. Jim Elliot was the missionary that went down. I don't know if it's Papua New Guinea, but it's where the cannibals were. I think in the early '70s was that when Jim Elliot and a team of men talk about taste cannibals they landed that little plane in that little river and got out and them cannibals immediately come out of the woods captured them, speared them remember the beautiful story Elizabeth Elliot his wife just two or three years later she went back to them. They killed her husband. They ate him. They killed all those men with him, about five or four or five them cannibals. As the story turned out, as it came out later, they didn't kill him right away. They tortured him more than a few hours it went, a, it went two or three days they cooked them over a spigot alive I hate to talk about this but this, this is what some people are willing to impart not just the gospel but their own souls also <laughs> Elizabeth Elliot you can, you can google this it's a very popular missionary story She's still alive. She'll still come and talk to folks. She flew in. Same risk. Got off that same plane, them same cannibals. Only this time the chief went to shaking. They rushed out there and she said this. She said, Jesus loves you and so do I. And that's when he went to shaking and quaking He said, you have no fear. You know what I did to your husband. And in their culture, if you ate your enemy, you're supposed to get all of his strength and defeat all of his family. He said, how is it you have no fear? How is it you come here? You know what I did to your husband. She said, I'm here because Jesus loves you. And so do I. And that's when he fell to trembling and quaking he called down all of his warriors and the old boy said tell me more about Jesus and he got saved and the whole tribe and you can read the rest of it revival spread throughout there now you don't know what he told her why he hit the ground shaking a few days later he told the story he said when I had your husband cooking him over the fire he kept saying one thing (laughs) Jesus Jesus loves you. And so do I. He said, and when I heard you speak those same words, that's how I knew your medicine was stronger than mine. Your spirit was stronger than mine. Those are the words that your husband said. And it's crude illustration, but they tasted him. But they tasted the love of God. And they got a taste of what a real Christian is. When she went back to the same spot and willing not just to give them the gospel but impart her own soul. These little fly by night boys who are making merchandise off of you and off the gospel. You hear me? These little social media self promoting fellas that are making merchandise. God, give us some preachers and some Christians and some saints that are willing to impart their own soul. Yeah. Yeah. That's what your husband kept saying. Yeah. Jesus loves you. <laughs> and so do I. <laughs> oh, I Honey, them, them cannibal heathens got a taste of the gospel. I know I'm not trying to be cute with that illustration. Oh, my. what do we do when our enemies attack us? Do they get a taste of us or a taste of Christ? What do you do when your husband or your wife lashes out? Do they get a taste of you back or a taste of Christ? What happens in the church when we get to squabbling and quarrelling? Do you come forth or does Jesus come? I'm going to tell you how people can know you're really saved when they don't taste nothing but Christ in you. Because of the gospel taste. I close with these last two. Come quickly. In verse 8, there's the gospel testimony. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia, but also in every place. Your faith to Godward is spread abroad. They had a testimony gospel testimony oh she had that didn't she Jim Elliot Elizabeth Elliot and then lastly verse 9 for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how ye what turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. I'm going to tell you how other people can have assurance in your salvation because that turn you took. That gospel turn. I'm going to tell you something if you don't repent, you can't get in. And that repent is a turning. When that little chief hit the ground weeping and shaking, he turned he turned from dead idols to the living God. When my daddy stepped out of that back pew, he turned from dead idols to the living God. You want to know how we know you turned around? You're going a different direction than you were. If you're still going the same direction, you never turned. There's that gospel turn. Oh, my, my, my. I'm going to show you one thing and I'm done. Here's how Paul loved them. Look in chapter 2 verse 7. Well, let's don't leave out verse 6. Nor of men sought we glory. Boy, we could use more of that in this hour. A bunch of glory hounds on social media. But look in verse 7. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. And then come down... Not only does it give you a picture of a mother nursing the children, but come down to verse 11. As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. Look how he ministered to them. As a mother and as a father. I need you all to help me right here. Paul was a preacher and he cherished them as a mother, but he charged them as a father. I need a little help right here. Some of y'all don't want your pastor to be nothing but a mama, a nurse. Help me now. That's why you in your 11th church in the last seven years. you got to be coddled and cuddled and held and petted. I know well, your real man of God has a motherly side. he cherish you, nurse you. And a real man of God has a fatherly side. He'll charge you. Sometimes charge right at you. First time I seen Brother Crowder, he was a lot bigger. I was about 22 up in a mountaintop camp meeting. And I figured, and he already has no neck. And when he get happy, he blow up like an old toe. I said, Lord, he already has no neck and now he's blowed up like a bullfrog. Scared me to death. He singing, coming soon. Once or twice he stepped off there. I was scared, whoa, what is this thing coming out of the hills coming at me? Oh, listen, a man of God, he'll cherish you as a mother and he'll charge you as a father. I promise you one thing. I promise you one thing a real man of God will have both sides and real Christians will too will cherish people and charge people y'all got to talk to me now if you got a church and a pastor and all they do is mother you honey you you need a father to charge you every once in a while you'll have a bunch of little nurse babies And the whole church, it won't be a church, it'll be a nursery. And then you don't need just the other side, just a father all the time whooping you. You, You'll have a bunch of youngins that flinch every time anybody moves. Help me now. I'm going to tell you how the church works and how the pastor works and how the Lord's body works. There'll be times He'll mother us and cherish us. There'll be times He'll charge us and challenge us. By the way, God meant for your family not to have two daddies, not to have two mommies. God meant for your family to have a mama and a daddy. There's a tender side that'll heal you. There's a tough side that'll help you. We have got to have the same. when other people have assurance of your salvation I want you to all stand I want you to bow your heads I want sister to come to the piano truth that's what you said pastor truth need a dose of truth in this meeting you got, you got true salvation there's what the Bible told us it was I'd like to be so saved that everybody knew. it, And there's your evidences. Amen. I'm going to pray. I'm going to turn it over to the pastor. Our Father, thank you for this special meeting, this special week. Thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Oh Lord, help us To be willing to impart our own souls not just spout the gospel out of our mouth and move on but to